Good evening, Chavrai. Here we go. Today's daf is daf memches. And we're going to pick up on the bottom line of Memzayinamadbeis. Let us go back. Oh, you know something? You know what? Let's keep going where we're at. Because we were at a, at a good stopping point. We're up to Toshima Hakoina Ilon Vikarkoi. So we're, let, let's stick to where we're up to. Daf Memches, Aleph. Uh, we're starting a few minutes late anyway, so we don't, uh, we're, we're about 10 lines from the top of the Omud, Tafshin, Tashima. Let's remind ourselves what's happening. We have a fascinating, fundamental machlekes between the brother-in-laws of Reichenon and Reish as to whether, if I have rights to the produce, does that mean that I have the deed on the land as well? Now, even if I don't literally have the deed, but if I have the rights to the produce, does that mean I'm the owner of the land or not? Okay? Now, how do we get on to this? Now, what's the difference? We got on to this because we're dealing with the mitzvah of Bikurim. When it comes to mitzvah of Bikurim, only the owner of the land, when he brings Bikurim, says the Psukim is Kaira. So here's the deal. If I have somebody who doesn't mamish own the land, but has all the rights to the produce, is he considered, is he somebody who's going to read the Bikaire at the time that he brings the Bikurim? What's going to be the, what's going to, what's going to be dependent on whether you say the rights to produce means I have rights to the land. Means the land is under my name. Whose name is it under? The one who has the soil with no purpose or the one who has access to the purpose? That's the fundamental and So, we're trying to prove who's correct. Who's correct? If I have rights to the produce, does that mean I also have my name on the land? Okay, now again, nobody holds you really own the land, but halachically, can I now go and read the Psukim of Bikurim? Toshma, come and listen. Hakaina Elon Vikarka Oi. Okay. I purchase a tree and the land that's there. It's land. What does that mean? So let, let, let's pause for a minute. Not going to drive down the streets after this storm. Yeah, incredible. Right? But people just give access to how people do this, an example of how people do this nowadays. It's not uncommon if somebody owns an Arava bush that a mulberry bush starts to grow in it. It's not an uncommon thing. We have that with our Arava bush. In front of the shul. You're not allowed to cut, chop down a mulberry tree. But the mulberry bush, if you don't get rid of the mulberry that's growing in the arava tree, it will destroy everything. So there's a couple mahalchem, there's a couple things to do. It's a couple of workarounds, we'll call it. One workaround is that it's only yasser for a yid to chop down his fruit tree. So one thing a heter that's brought down in the Paiskim, again, not ideal, but it's a workaround if necessary, is sell the mulberry tree with six inches of land that it sits on to a non-Jew, have him chop down the mulberry tree, and then buy it back for a little bit of a higher price. You make an arrangement beforehand. Selling it to you, I, why would I want to buy a little, uh, a, you know, why would I want to buy a little space for $200? What do I gain by that? Don't worry, I'll buy it back for you for two twenty, and uh, as soon as you chop it down, like okay, 
So then he chopped down his tree. That's a shtickle workaround, right? You sold the tree with the karka that's underneath it. So over here, says the brysa, if somebody buys a tree, and not only do I buy the tree, I buy the soil surrounding the tree, maybe vikare. He's allowed to bring the bikurim and read the, the psukim of the bikurim. Okay, now what's unique about this? What's unique about this is that all land in Eretz Yisrael, which is obligated in Bikurim, eventually will go back to its original owner when it comes time for Yaival. So over here you have a long-term lease. We're going to consider Yaival to be a long-term lease. As if every time you sell a land in Israel, the one who has access to the produce doesn't really own the land. He's going to have to give it back at some point. And still you see that he that he's going to read the psukim. Vaistais, you see from over here, that somebody who has access to produce, even though he doesn't completely own all the land around it, can read psukim by Bakurim. So that's more wrong. See, nowadays we don't have Yavon. We don't have Yavon. So if somebody sells land in our soul, it's not going to go back on the, on the 50th year. So maybe the only time we say that, that uh, maybe we're dealing with a time where Yavon is not, was not yet Nayig, wasn't yet uh, in play. And therefore, the purchaser is going to recite the psukim because it's not going to go back to the seller. But maybe if it would go back to the seller, it's just considered like you own the produce and you're not an owner. So again, says the Gemara, we're back to square one. We don't know who's correct. Let's try again. Tashma, come and listen. Somebody buys fields in the, in the, um, uh, within somebody else's field, okay? So he, I'm sorry, you bought Ilonis, a kind of Ilonis. So I have, my friend owns a big field and I purchased two trees. Maybe I, he brings, the one who has the two trees brings Bikurim, but he doesn't read the Pesukim. Now this is interesting, why not? He bought two trees. These trees are dependent on somebody else's soil for nutrition. Therefore, I don't read Pesukim. I, I own the tree, Completely. This is not like I just get the produce. I own the actual trunk. I own the branches. You need to own the soil. Okay? You're not going to read the psuk. Now, why'd you say if he buys two trees? Hush, Lysha. What if you purchase three trees? Maybe Vikari. It seems to imply. Even though he doesn't mamish on the soil, he would read the psuk. So what do you see from here? Land that you don't have permanently, it'll eventually go back by Yavo. Also, it's considered like you mamish own it. No, you can say there as well. We're talking about a time where Yevel's not naig. Says the Gemara of Hashda Damar of Chista. Another Chista says Machlekes by Yevel Sheni. You know this that Chista says only Machlekes by Yevel Sheni. Avol, but by Yevel Rishon when it comes to the first Yevel that's ever being observed, that's ever being kept. You should know Debrei Akol. Maybe Vikari. Everybody's going to agree that when it came to the first Yevel, the one bringing the produce would read the psukim. Get ready for this. This is such a fascinating idea. Can you imagine the concept of Yavel? Your mom has sold your land and it's going to go back in the 50th year. What? Until it actually happens, you know what people are going to say? Tell it to the Marines. I'll believe it when I see it. Really? Everybody who sells land, the buyers and sellers, everybody's going to be in agreement that just it goes right back? What does that mean? I don't believe it. They're not going to rely on the first Yavel that ever happened. So, um, that's by the first Yavel. Everybody's going to agree. You actually read the Psukim because you consider it like it's there forever. 
but like Asha. However, Machlekas be Avosheni, Avos be Averishin. Devar Kol maybe you can't. We agree the first, the first Yavol. You would read the Pesukim back at the Samach Tatayil. Says Gemara like Asha. There's no question. Ha be Avosheni, Ha be Avosheni. We can just explain the difference between the Mishnah, which says that you do recite the Pesukim. That's going to be talking about the first Yavol. And the Mishnah, which says you do not recite the Pesukim, is talking about. Yavol Sheni, the second Yavol, because once the first Yavol, people observed the first Yavol and it went back. So now when it comes to Yavol Sheni, people knew that this is this mitzvah is going to be followed, and we're going to view it as a short-term sale. You would not bring Bakura. Yeah. Three trees are considered the same as two trees. Three trees would be. Um, no, where do we say right nowadays? Yes, three trees and two trees would be the same. Correct. Where did we say there's difference between three trees and two trees? That was only by the first yad. Only by the first yad, but we said there's a, there's going to be a difference. Okay. By the second yad. What is the distinction? Between what? If you own two or three? Yeah. Oh, if I own three, now I'm already like a, I'm more of a player in the game. It's more logic to say that I would read, that I'm going to bring sukkah, I'm considered more of an owner. If I own two trees in somebody else's field... All right, you own two trees. You kind of like uh, you're a kid brother. You're not a ma- you're not a, ma- a major player. Okay. Now, Rabbi Yechanan and Reishlakish are Amiram. So says the Gemara. Let's say the Machlokas, the dispute between Rabbi Yechanan and Reishlakish, has already been argued amongst the Tanayim. How so? Let's get into this. Let's say the machlekes in the reichen shlokas is already machlekes tanoim. Meaning, I'm like, so the mabeh no somebody purchases a field from his father. Now get ready for this. Cover you ready? Every field in Eretz Yisrael, you could assume we're going to see there's exceptions. You could assume is a steyachuza. It's a it's a field of heritage. It's going to go back to the original tribe always. Because every Yavu, it's going back to its original tribe, its original family. What happens if a guy purchases a field from his dad? Now, the Hekdesha, and he made it Kodesh. Okay. So he sanctified the field. Now I want to explain what Rashi says about sanctifying the field. So the Mepharshamir explain, commentators explain. If somebody makes their field hectic, they have to redeem it by Yovel. If they don't redeem it by Yovel, the Gizber, the treasurer of the Beis HaMikdash, could go and sell it to whoever he wants. Which leads to a fascinating and potentially problematic situation. You can have a Shevet, a tribe that has the ports, a tribe that has the mountains, and because one of the members of their family didn't redeem a field by Yovel, the treasurer and, and sanctified it, the treasurer of the base of English will go sell the field. If somebody from Shevet Binyamin purchases land from Shevet Yehuda, you now have a Binyamin digger in the middle of a Yehudi area. But that's the halacha, that's a possibility. Okay? The, this type of field is called a Sidei. Mikna. It's called an acquired field. Right? So the um the uh the uh acquired field is if I buy it, 
and now it's not going to go back to a, to a steyachuza. So you have this guy who purchased the field from his old man and sanctified it. And the father dies. Now it would have gone back to the father by Yoival and remained the steyachuza, except the father died. So he didn't redeem it before Yoival. Right? Now, which means the steyachuza aspect of it is going to fall off. It's, it's not going to stay ahuz, the field of heritage. The, those halachas are going to fall off. So, how do we know we still consider it to be a stay Okay? That we don't let, let the Gahanim just go ahead and sell it. So, if he sells a field of acquiring, which is not a field of ahuzah, of heritage, it's only referring to a field that's not capable at the time of being a hektish to be a steyachuza, then we consider it to be a sedei mikna, meaning any field which is not capable of becoming your steyachuza, then it's a stay mikna. It's also zoo, excluding this case, it's possible for it to be a steyachuza. I'll tell you why, because it was a son who purchased it from a father, so it was going to be his steyachuza anyway. When it goes back by Yevil, if he doesn't have an old man, it's going to go back to himself. Therefore, He's, uh, he's excluded from being treated as a Sdei Mikna. It's going to remain a Sdei Achuza. Divi Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Shimon. But Rabbi Meir says, Hey, no, somebody buys a field from his father. Himself, his father dies. And then afterwards, the son sanctifies the field that he bought from his father. It says, If it's a field of acquiring, But it's not considered a field of heritage. Which means, only a Sadeh, which is not in the Torah of Steyachuzah, is not capable of being a heritage field, then we say it's considered an acquired field. Yatsah Sazu, excluding this case, Shehi Steyachuzah, which is a Steyachuzah, because you have a son acquiring it from the father. It was considered his Steyachuzah at the time that he borrowed it. And therefore, he inherited the field. The father had died before he had made it hectish. Now, the Elul, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Shimon... Now the Gemara is going to go a little bit at length and build up a question. Okay? Now the question is going to be, again, we're trying to prove that this conversation between Rabbi Yehuda and Rameir, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon against Rameir, is the same achleik as between Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yehuda. See, here's, here's how we go. Let's say the father first died and then he sanctified his field. I don't need a pasuk avad that's considered a steyachuza. However, my love, let's say this machlek is Rameir, so Rameir holds Kenyan Paris, Kikinagov Dummy. The ownership of produce is considered ownership of the field, Ubaha, and therefore in this case of Yaivo, Misas Yaris, Vlaimidi, when his father dies, he's not inheriting anything. Why? Because he was already considered a steyachuza. Maybe I should say, that um, I lost the place. I'm sorry. The misas Yeah, again, when the father died, he didn't inherit anything because he was already considered part of the steyachuza. So I should consider it a steyachuza, not a stay mikna. Therefore, Let's say his father first dies, and then he sanctifies it. I have to know that it's still considered a steyachuza. How would it be still considered a steyachuza? You gave it to the hektish. 
If you own produce, doesn't give you mean that you have rights, you have ownership of the field. In this case, when his father died, is only after his son dies that he inherits the field. Therefore, his father would first die and then he makes it hectic. You don't need a posik to teach me it's a steyachuz. Of course, it's considered a steyachuz. He sold his own field. When do I need a posik? Where's the rechidish? It's by a case where first the son bought the field from his father. The father's still alive. He makes it hectic. And then the father kicks the bucket. So you see over here again, what's the main point? There's a lot of details that go into this Mishnah. But the main point that we're pulling out of this is that we're assuming the machlekas in Rebuter and Rishimen versus Remeir is a machlekas about when somebody has rights to produce, is it considered like he's the ownership of the land? And what's the practical nafkamina between the two? If it's considered a stay achuz or a stay mikne. So based upon this nafkamina of whether I consider stay achuz or stay mikne, and the assumption of the machlekas is owning produce, do I own the land? Hence, you see, Machlekes Rabbi Yechon and Rishlakish is the same Machlekes between Rabbi Yudin and Rabbi Shimon against Rabbi Meir. To which says the Gemara, not necessarily true. No, it's not the same Machlekes. Amar of Nachmar Yitzchak, Rabbi Nachmar Yitzchak says, Really, Rabbi Yudin and Rabbi Shimon hold that owning fruit is like owning land. Before we said, Rabbi Yudin and Rabbi Shimon hold owning fruit is not owning land. And therefore, it's not a steyachuza. But maybe I'll tell you, Rabbi Yudah Shimon Holt, it is Kinina Guf, dummy. Okay. Now, if it's Kinina Guf, so then we're going to need a Pasuk, even when the son makes the field hectic after the father dies. I'm talking to Nidachid, but over here, Rabbi Yudah Shimon Kroh, they have a problem. And they found a Pasuk which can argue on this psak, and therefore they made a drusha, and they said like this, we have a problem, because if the Torah were to tell us that it's not considered a stay achuza when the son made the field hectic after his father died, then it should have said, if he, if he takes his stay meknosai, which is not, no longer considered a stay achuza, but it says it's not from his field steyachuzase. It means something It's only talking about a field, a steymikna, a, a field that, that he bought, which is not capable of being a steyachuzah yet which excludes the case when a son bought it from a father, that it's fit to still be a steyachuza. Okay? It's, fit, it's still fit to be a steyachuza because he can go ahead and inherit it from, uh, from his father. So you see from here, says Gemara, you have no proof that the Machlekes Tanoim um, is the same Machlekes as Reish Lakish and Rabbi Echidon, because everybody can really be in agreement that fruits is, if you have access to the fruits or you have rights to the fruits, that you're considered an owner of the property. The only, again, the only reason for the Pasuk is teaching me that still it's considered a Steyachuza when his father dies. Okay. So, Fine. What we've established is Machlekes or Shlokas and Rebbechinon does not have previous. What's the proper word? What they do in courts when the when they give a previous ruling, and you, and uh, you go back to that ruling, huh? 
Precedent. precedent. Yeah, there's no, there's no precedent that's being set by the Tanoim as to how to view the halacha if somebody has rights to the produce or you owner of the land. We don't have that, hence, we, um, we have a uh, with no proof to either side. Okay. Omar Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says, seven lines from the bottom of the Yomar. If Rabbi Echanan had not said that Kenyan pay rice is Kenyan Aguf, again Rabbi Echanan holds the five rights to the produce, it's like I own the land. If he wouldn't have said that, we would have a problem. I wouldn't have been able to support him in the base Medrish. You know why? It would be a big problem. Meaning Rabbi Echanan is not a problem. But he's lucky, he's lucky that he holds that owning produce, that writes the produce, gives you ownership of the land. He's lucky he holds that. Because if he wouldn't have held that, oh boy, would we show him in the base medrash. Okay? Why? I'm using the word lucky. Yeah? It was a good move. Okay. to say, holds whenever you have brothers that inherit their old man's estate, they're considered lekuches. They're considered buyers. Okay? So what? What does that do? Ready for this? Incredible. Every 50 years, they go back and they have to redivide it. Okay? Redivide it. That's right. It goes back to all the other... Yarshim at Yoiv. Okay? Always goes back to one pot. And so every Yoiv is going to go back to the original pot. That's right. Now, the Esau Kadait Achlav Kinagoftami, but if Rabbi Echanan would have said, again, this was a quote of Rabbi Echanan Zalacha. He says, if Rabbi Echanan would have held over here in our Gemara, that produce does not give you ownership of the field, let me tell you something. You can never have a year who brings Bakurim. Gavaldik. Because every single year is only going to, you're always going to, every year is going to have to, every year will go back. You're all considered just renters. Somebody who has rights to produce and you don't necessarily own the land because Yavel, it's going to have to be redivided amongst the Meshbacha. We're going to have, the only time you'll ever find the case of somebody who says Psukim by Bakurim is you go back to the times Yeshua Benun, the first Yevon. If you have a family where the father had one son, and that one son had one son, and that one son had one son, then you can bring Bakurim because nobody to redivide it with. But anybody else, if you ever had a brother in any dar, in any generation, you're always going to have to go back and redivide it. However, however, Rabbi Yechanan st- holds that ownership of something is considered, produce is considered ownership of the land, but he's okay. Right? Because now according to Rabbi Yechanan, it makes sense why a regular Yid could say Pesukah when he brings Bikurim. Because Rabbi Yechanan's Pesach is, writes the produce, makes it as if I mamish owned the soil. Gavaldik. And therefore, every Yid can recite Pesukah when he brings Bikurim. Okay. Now, you could say, why isn't this a challenge on Reish the answer is because these are just Rabbi Yechanan's halachas. That's why he says, Rabbi Yechanan, you're lucky. Yeah? Smart move. 
that you hold what you hold, otherwise we would have contradicted you from other psukim that you gave. Rabbi Yechanan's psak is that you redivide every yavel. If he holds, you redivide every yavel. <laughs> and let's say he would hold. <laughs> let's say he would. And he wouldn't hold. Right, and he holds. You're not an owner, so then most Yidden and Klai Israel are not going to be uh, able to recite the Okay. So the land goes back to the original. Amar Rav says, the Lakish." We have a pasuk and a and a Mishnah or a Brisa. Supporting Reish Lakish, Crow, we have a Pasuk Tav on the base. The Mizbash When a person sells, uh, sells land during Yavo, so you have to charge according to the amount of years left by Yavo. So if there's six years till Yavo, you have to charge X amount. If there's 40 years till Yavo, you'll charge more. If there's a month till Yavo, you'll charge less. Okay, now this, what does this mean according to the number of years? This seems to imply what do you care about? The land or the produce? The produce. How much? How much uh, produce comes from here? Okay. So here you have a pasuk telling me that it's uh, that the main thing is the uh, the main thing is the produce, and it's not about owning the land. It's about the produce. Masnisa, and we have a brice. In time we the brice. Bechar A bechar always takes double portion. Besada hachizeres of any field that goes back to his father by yovel. You hear this? So when it goes back, the bechar is also going to re- retake. A double portion. Amar Abaye in Aktina we have Maseira Bal Benechsei Ishtai. If you have a husband who inherits the property of his wife, Tarach Har he's going to need a Harsha'a. Harsha'a is a signed document in order to, um, in order from his wife, in order to even have any sort of standing uh, on on the property. So let's say you have. Uh, husband who's taken to Besden over property that his wife brought into the marriage, his wife's going to have to give him rights to deal with it. Why? Because you're not an owner. Uh, what do you mean I'm not an owner? I have rights to the produce. Doesn't matter. Rights to the produce doesn't make you an owner, according to Reish Lakish. Um, this is only true where it was lai nachis aperi, that the, um, the rights to his to uh, the Paris did not change by this uh, going to Besden. But let's say he needed to go to Besden because it has something to do with his rights over over uh, the produce. Okay, so which means like this: Why is he coming to court about the land? If he's coming to argue about the land itself, so who are you? It's your wife's land. Let her, her be the one to come to court. And if you're the one coming to court, it's like when you call up a credit card and you want to change somebody else, they say, let me talk to that person. We'll talk to your wife. We're not talking to you. Right? But when it comes to uh, um, uh, litigation about the fruit itself, then we say a husband doesn't need resource from his wife. Because then the whole machlekes is only over the, the produce and that he completely owns. Since he has ownership of the fruit, he could also... Um, get himself involved in the psak din, which has to do with the property. Which means, if it's on the property itself, woman. If it's on property and affects the produce, then the husband can personally uh, oversee it if he doesn't have the direct permission from his wife. Hadron Allah Hashelayach, Hadron Allah Hashelayach, Hadron Allah Hashelayach, Malzav, everybody finished the Heliga fourth parak of Mesech is getting, here we go, fifth parak. The same, 
fifth paragraph is getting honey zokin when it comes to damages. Ah, mamish, we quoted this mission earlier. We're getting right back into Bavakama. Shaman lahem be'idiyas. You're going to you're going to be shaman. You're going to evaluate them be'idiyas according to the best produce. Okay, so you have somebody. You have a one of my favorite uh, approaches over here. You have a damager and a damagee. Right, so the damager has to pay money to the one who's damaged. What do we, uh, what do we evaluate over here? How much you have to give? You're going to have to give from the, uh, from the best property. Okay, so the damagee, the one who's been damaged, is allowed to collect from the damager's best property. Reuven's animal gourd Shimon. Shimon's property, Shimon go and tell Reuven, you have the best stuff that you've got, your best land you have, that's what you're going to use to pay me off. When it comes to owing money because of a loan, you only have to pay off from middle quality land, when it comes to you only need Ziburis, you could pay off with the, what we call the rocky lands. Now what's the reason for this? Ziburis is the lowest quality land. Now what's the reason for this? The reason for this is that the whole reason for Aksuba was that, that women shouldn't refrain from being married. We need to make sure that men respect their wives, they treat them appropriately, and any woman, any time that her husband's not acting, according to ways of Torah, she could pull out the Aksuba and say, all right, pay up, pay up. You don't treat me like this, pay up, I'm out of here. And he's obligated to pay up. So we need to give her rights. At the same time, the Chacham weren't concerned that women will refrain from being married if she can't take from the best. They said, women need to be supported and they need to get the finance. But just because she, you know, if a woman, if a woman at the time that she married, that she gets married is told, you know what, you still won't be able to collect from the idiots or the bananas, you'll collect from these words, that's not going to get in the way of her willingness to be married. And therefore, we don't, we don't require anything over the ziburis, only the ziburis. The mayor of Mary says, no, is only, uh, can even collect with the middle quality property. If somebody lends money, he cannot collect from if there is which means if there's some uh, land that's available to him, he can't just go and collect any land that he wants. Okay, what does this mean? So this means like this. You have uh, Ruvain lends Shimon $10,000. Shimon, it's time to pay up, and he doesn't pay up. It's time for Shimon to pay up, and he doesn't. So Ruvain goes to Shimon to get land, but he knows that Shimon had sold a field, and he prefers that field that Shimon sold. Too bad. You have to take from fields that Shimon currently owns, as opposed to going and taking it away from the buyer. Right? If there's Nechassim and Echarim available, you can't take from Nechassim Meshubadim. Okay. Ain't from Nechassim Meshubadim, the Makam Shech Nechassim Echarim, Vafilu Hein Zibaris. Even if what's left by the borrower is inferior quality, is lower quality, and in general, the lender has rights to middle quality, still, if all the guy has is Ziburis, the lender is obligated to take the Ziburis. Ain't from Nechassim Echarim Elam and Ziburis. Also, Whenever the borrower passes away and leaves money to his children, the lenders can only take from Zibur. So this is how we say by a loan, 
you take bainanis, that's by an adult. It's not by, it's not, it's not when you collect from a kata. Okay. Ein maitzi in lachilas peris, ule shabayach karkois, ule mazoin ha isha vahabonis, minachasim mishabadim, bepnei tikun oilam. Also, a lender cannot collect um, for achilas peris or shvach karkois in order to um, add value to the land. Okay. Or to give food for the almana, for the wife and the daughters, from because of tikkun Okay, this is a, a very logical idea, which is, you know, every husband is or slash father is, has certain obligations to his family. A, a wife, for example, has rights to collect support after her husband dies before she collects her ksuba. She could just stay supported by the estate. We're not going to, if there's finances available in the deceased estates, we're not going to allow the family to go and take other lands that the father sold. Say, oh, we had a lien on it before. See, I had a lien, I had Maksuba, I had a lien on it. Yeah, or not even Maksuba. My husband was obligated to this to me before he sold the land to that guy. So I should get first this. For the, to, for the benefit of the world, well, the Gemara will explain, but we can't have it that you start going to buyers. The wife, the widow, starts going to buyers and saying, "Oh, give them back what?" It's gonna. It's, society's not gonna function properly like that. Anytime somebody's married, though, people will be less nighted to purchase field from him, and it's, it's gonna lead to, to trouble. So we say, if there's other stuff that's there to collect from, you're obligated to do that. If somebody finds a mitzia, finds a lost object. La Yishava, there's a decree that you're not going to have to take an oath, Mipnei Tikkun Ha'ilam, also because of Tikkun Ha'ilam. Okay? So what does this mean? Rashi says as follows. If I borrow money and you claim it, and I'm Maida B'Miktas, I agree, admit to half, I'm obligated to Shavua. Next case. I find a wallet. I return the wallet to you. In the wallet is $500. You say there was a thousand. I say there's only five hundred. I admitted to part. Do I have to take an oath? The Pnetikun Island they said no. We're not going to obligate somebody who's coming with a mitzvah of Aveda to start being Mukhuyev in oaths. Says Marvin Tikal, what do you mean Tikna Island the Rice is it then the rice the Khsiv? It says Mitaf Sleya Mitav Karmiya Shalim. Why do we say that it's Dendrabanon for the benefit of society? That you take idiots that if you if you have to pay back a damage, you can take from the best. It's a din daraisa, b'meitav, you take from the best. I'm Rabbi, Rabbi says, Zichel, Rabbi Shmuel, I'm Rabbi, the raisa, but really biblically, you you look at the value of the property of the one who's damaged, not the one, not the damager. Because tiknailam, we look at the various levels of property from the damager's Perspective, and therefore it's a din derabon. My Rabbi Shmuel, well, what's Rabbi Shmuel's opinion? Time to rise and bring me to stay. May the garbage shalim. Is mamish bava kam here? May the stay. Ushen nizik. May the kamish shom nizik. It means from the best fields of the damagee and the best vineyards of the damagee. Did Rabbi Shmuel's opinion? Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Kivaymer. No, loy bakas v'la kibas nizakim and idiots. Be kavachaymer lehektish. They're only theirs. Come and tell me from the idiots and kavachaymer from hektish. But that's what it means. His. 
but it can mean from the mazik, not the nizik. Okay, so over here, what we're learning here is shitas Rabbi Shmuel. Opinion of Rabbi Shmuel is we we evaluate the value according to the damage. Rabbi Kiva holds damager. Rabbi Shmuel achal shmeina meshalim shmeina achal kusha meshalim shmeina. According to Rabbi Shmuel, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense that if let's say you have an animal that damages something that is the best, the owner pays back the best. But if it damages the worst, you pay back the best. Why should you you be obligated to pay back more with better pr- value than on um, better property than what your animal ate? What's the logic over there? The animal damaged vegetables, we'll call it, amongst other vegetables. We're not sure what it ate and what it damaged. In other words, the owner had good rows and bad rows, and some of it was eaten, and we don't know where it ate from. There we say you, um, you're going to pay from the best because you're unsure but if you know he ate from the worst you don't have to pay back the worst says if we know that the animal ate from the lower value then it's going to pay the lower value but in a case where you don't know does it make sense you pay more in general we have and since he could have eaten from the from worse, why in the world would Rabbi Shmuel say that, that you pay for the best? We always say that if I'm holding on to the money, you have to prove your way before before obligating me in in, uh, in anything else. Okay, so that's the challenge over here. We'll hold it here for today. Tomorrow we'll go back to Shitas Rabbi Shmuel, to the opinion of, of uh, Rabbi Shmuel, who says you evaluate the the uh, property of the Nizik, and we'll get into this whole, uh, whole idea of having to pay back from the best, even if you're unsure. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, Blessed tomorrow, 7.20 p.m. Uh, Gitanach.